0: guys welcome to another episode of my podcast i'm so happy to be here let's get into it let's not even do too much let's just get right into it so i'm really excited for this episode i wrote this one a while ago but i feel like it's so good that's why i'm just gonna film it so the title of this video is the most paradoxical hypocrisy in christianity and i feel like most of you that like, clicked on this video are gonna like think i'm about to say something else but i'm actually gonna like blindside you that's why the title so good oh my goodness i am so painful Part of the like video is a skit, so I'm going to perform the skit. There are six skits that I need to do to intro the video, so let us begin. Sarah's a Christian now, and she doesn't want to drink alcohol anymore. She's so judgmental, like what a prude, you know? I can't believe some Christians give 10% of their income to the church. It's giving call. Cringe. Christians are so wrong for saying certain things are wrong. It's 100% true that nothing's 100% true. Subjective truth. Some Christians think they can judge other Christians. I know God says judgment begins in the house of God, but we're not even the same denomination. Some Christians divide the body of Christ by talking about sin. Let's not talk to those Christians because they might hurt my feelings. <laughs> According to my worldview, all worldviews are equal. That's why my worldview is the best. So, did you spot the hypocrisy? Judging someone for being too judgmental makes you judgmental? Or making an objective statement that statements aren't objective? is a contradiction. (laughs) In today's video, I want to address both the non-believer who thinks their worldview, that no one's worldview is better than the rest, is a worldview that imposes theirs is better than others, and also for the unjudgmental Christian that thinks that they're better than other Christians and asserts that they're a better judge because they don't judge, which literally makes no sense. We all have a perspective and a worldview, and claiming to be in the middle is actually not a perspective at all. And that perspective doesn't exist because you do have a worldview and you can't be in the middle and not believe in anything because even that is a belief. And we all judge because it's important to have a system of judgment and to be discerning and to figure out what's true and what's false and what's right and what's wrong and what decisions you should make and what you should and should not believe. It's important to have a judgment system, or else you'll be led astray in this world. It is crucial to have a judgment system to effectively navigate this chaotic world. And you cannot say that all worldviews are correct or the same, because if you actually study other people's faiths and political ideologies, they cancel out each other. So they literally cannot all be true. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And Islam says that they are the way and that Jesus is not the way. These two religions, these two worldviews, as an example, both of these worldviews cannot both be true. I'm not saying we should attack people and be violent that have a different worldview than us, but I don't think we should delude ourselves into thinking that all worldviews are exactly the same and that this makes any like coherent sense. So today I'm going to explain what the Christian ethic and worldview is and how to not be a hypocrite today because most people are hypocritical and it is such an easy trap to fall into. Yeah, so today I'm going to be talking about the Christian worldview because that's what I subscribe to and I want to explain how to be a Christian or how to be a person that is not hypocritical. Another thing I want to say quickly is that just spotting hypocrisy or contradiction within an ideology is one of the ways I discern truth because truth is singular and it does not contradict itself, right? So one plus one equals two, There's no other math equation in the world that is going to contradict 1 plus 1 equals 2. And if it does, that math equation is wrong, right? And life is like that. Your ideology has to make sense and be congruent. It cannot contradict itself. And that's how you can seek truth or find out if something is wrong or not. So that's something I use to kind of discern in general. And I feel like everyone should do that in terms of how to navigate the world. To think really, really critically and deeply about everything. Like, even the title I just explained and the examples I made are, like, things most people wouldn't, like, realize as a contradiction. But if you really, really sit down and think about it, it's like, wait, you're judging people for judging? That's judging, (laughs) or I heard people sometimes say they're like, I'm intolerant of intolerance. I'm like, you just said you're intolerant what? (laughs) It's the little things like that or how I kind of like pick out if there's a contradiction within a worldview. And I understand why some people hold that first initial belief that some people are too judgmental because you know what? I'll agree. Some people are too judgmental. Some Christians do take things too far and in Christianity we have a term for that. It's called legalism because in Christianity we don't believe that we are justified by our works. It literally says that if you choose to live by the law or if you choose to be justified by the law, then you will not receive grace. So as a Christian, we are literally explicitly told to not think that we are justified by the law because that is legalism and that is literally contrary to the Christian worldview because the Christian worldview is about faith not works right so if someone thinks that because they do so many works they are better than other people that is literally going against the fundamentals of christianity but i want to explain how being too relaxed and having no discernment is also contrary to the christian faith essentially and how as christians or people we can be balanced in our approach and that is by abiding to truth and not go too extreme because there are definitely two extremes of people that are extremely lenient and don't care about the truth at all and then some people that are so stuck on the law that they forget the other principles that are more spiritual like love because there's two kinds of judgment you know there's judgment and there's judgment There's a type of judgment where you think you're better than somebody because of the things that you do or the things that they do. You think you're better than them. And then there's having good judgment where you can discern right and wrong and you have principles that help you make good decisions. So there's two kinds of judgment and I want to today focus on the second type of judgment which is essentially discernment. I personally think I have pretty good judgment. I'm working on it. It's a skill I'm still developing and the principles I use to discern right from wrong come from the bible. So I want to explain a few key principles of the bible if you aren't familiar with it. So the first principle is that there is a God who is all powerful and completely good, and he tells the truth always. It is impossible for him to lie and you can trust him. That is the first principle. The second principle is that the bible is the word of God and that it's our source of absolute truth. We believe that the bible is infallible and it is a source of truth and every word in that bible is true and is inspired by God. The third principle is that good is better than evil. That good defeats evil. That good is good and evil is evil. In the world, they flipped it. They say that good is evil and evil is good, but that's another contradiction. That literally doesn't make sense because the second word you're using to describe the first one is obviously the one that has superseded value. So it's like, how are you going to say evil is good if you don't have a definition for good, right? Like, Or else like the whole conversation just falls apart. How can you say evil is good? Because you're saying that good is the standard, but then you're saying evil is good. When you disregard the definition of words, that's when mental illness ensues. Because having objective definitions of words is literally the foundation for how we experience reality. So if you accept things like good is evil and evil is good, or you don't respect the definition of words, then you literally have nothing to navigate the world through and you're just left in utter confusion and your brain will literally melt and just fall apart because you need to respect the definitions of words in a world today where they say evil is good good is evil like they literally say that i was looking at halloween stuff because i was just in the store and it was like it feels good to be bad and i was like that's literally a contradiction it's just pure utter confusion so the bible does not operate in like that way the bible literally is like evil is evil and bad, and it will end in disaster, and good is good, and will end in good. So it just, it holds fast to the true definition of these words. The fourth principle is of justice and grace. So justice is extremely important, and justice will happen, and there will be justice, and these principles are very important. We're supposed to, you know, respect justice and seek justice, and we're also supposed to show grace and not necessarily have wrath on people, or be angry. And these qualities of justice and grace are better than ignorance and injustice, right? So injustice is bad, Justice is good. So, the Bible seeks to uphold justice. The fifth principle is that wisdom is better than folly. So, it is valuable to be wise and have knowledge and understanding because having, you know, literally wisdom and knowledge will help you navigate the world better than someone that is foolish. Because if you're foolish, you can get scammed and tricked, and it's just not good to be foolish. So, it upholds wisdom and intelligence. Not just intelligence, though, just wisdom. Wisdom is a beautifully complicated word, but I love it. So, wisdom is better than folly. And the sixth principle is that truth is better than lies. So it's important to speak truth. That's another thing. Like the Bible literally says that it is a source of truth. It tells you what the truth is and that is Jesus, right? That's another thing too about discerning things. Every worldview kind of tells on itself a little bit if you really like pay attention. An example of this is like, I'm just going to use Islam. They're my favorite thing to contrast Christianity with, but I can contrast Christianity with a lot of things. This is just an example. So somewhere in the Quran, I don't know the verse, but it's there. Allah describes himself as the most deceitful. Allah describes himself in that way, but it's like, deceitfulness is a lie like it's not good to be deceitful that's not an honorable quality you know so it's like when i see that it's like okay this guy's telling on himself like he's a liar and he's deceitful so it's like am i gonna sit here and believe somebody that's deceitful or am i gonna sit here and believe god who says that it's impossible for him to lie if he says something it becomes true so he cannot lie right and that's another thing i love about the bible too like the bible is not like a secret religion the bible is not like hidden in a cave somewhere and only a small elite. Good people can read it. It's really public, and I feel like that's another evidence of the truth of it. Like it's out there. I love this verse. It's like wisdom is in the streets, crying out for everyone to hear because she's not a secret. Wisdom is there. You just have to really accept it and look for it and spend time with wisdom, and she'll bless you. Right. And then the last point is that love is better than hate. Love will win, and hate will lose every single time. So those are the principles of the Bible, and I feel like everyone can agree that these are really amazing principles. But I just want to remind you guys that these principles come from the Bible. Outside of the Bible us as human beings did not uphold these principles to be valuable or moral. Human beings are not inherently moral. Our morals in this western world or just in general this modern day literally came from Christianity. The idea that human life is valuable came from Christianity. The idea of love came from Christianity. The idea of justice came from christianity if you really really do your research if you really really study history faithfully not just pay attention to what they told you in school because they keep a lot of things out our worldview our value system comes from christianity so it's like that's so profound when you realize that like these values that i'm saying like these are so obvious to people but they do not exist outside of christianity they really don't They may do in a contrary way, but if you really, really look at the Bible itself, they don't exist without the Bible. The Bible established them. You know, right now we're in a point of society where we're trying to separate ourselves from God, but still uphold some of his value systems. So we're just in a really weird, like lukewarm part of society right now. It's getting weird. So these are the foundational principles of the Bible, right? And these are the principles that help us navigate the world correctly, right? And judge correctly. And something I want to say about judgment is that a judgment usually reveals something about our own heart. Maybe you dislike judgmental Christians because they convict you on your sin and you don't want to hear it, so you dismiss their claims as legalism or they're being too judgmental because maybe they're saying something that reveals something in your own heart, and that's why you judge them on what they say because you, you know, want to live in ignorance instead of, you know, accepting or challenging their ideas, you know? It's always funny when people get upset by people that want to uphold the moral standards of the Bible, especially Christians. When Christians get upset that other Christians want to uphold the moral standards of the bible they never have bible to quote they never have a scripture to rebuttal with if the best thing they can say is you know love thy neighbor someone just love 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 or do not judge they'll throw that one misquote it or misapply it but it's like there's no scripture to back up their ignorance they just want you to shut up because they don't want to hear it meanwhile if a christian that's correcting you on something has something to say they can definitely quote scripture like i'm gonna use the example of halloween don't cry if i talk about halloween please but it's like a lot of christians i noticed were celebrating halloween this year half the christians were like why are y'all celebrating halloween like a good verse i can use off top is just stay away from appearances of evil like don't even appear evil don't even have someone misunderstand you as participating in evil you know we should flee from appearances of evil and that could apply to halloween but any christian that celebrated halloween their rebuttal would be since fun is dressing for halloween is sin it's not in the bible but it's like bro a lot of things are not in the bible it doesn't say explicitly in the bible do not watch porn it doesn't say that don't go on pornhub.com it doesn't say that in the bible so it's just crazy how people instead of like receiving it they just judge back or they just deflect or they're defensive right instead of being humble to really accept that. Within the Christian community, we are supposed to judge each other. The Christian standard for righteousness is for only us to follow. I cannot impose my moral standards on other people and go to a non-believer and say, hey, why are you getting drunk on the weekends? Because they don't even claim to uphold my belief system, so why would I begin to criticize them for that? But if you're a Christian, claiming to follow the words of Christ then I'm actually supposed to hold you accountable for those beliefs, right? We're supposed to admonish and, you know, encourage each other. And when a Christian corrects you, it's not in a condemning way because as a Christian, I know that you are saved by grace, that you were covered by the blood and you are not subject to God's wrath. But as Christians, we're also supposed to be striving to be holiness, right? So I'm gonna quote some Bible here. But now I'm writing to you to not associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is idolatry reveler drunkard or swindler not to even eat with such a one for what have i to do with judging outsiders is it not the inside of the church whom you are to judge this is first corinthians 5 11 to 19 so it's literally saying that if i know a christian is participating in some of the egregious sins that the bible is explaining i should not even associate myself with them right Because do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good manners, right? You know, as a Christian, I want to be striving towards holiness. So if I see another Christian that's just shamelessly participating in sin, I shouldn't even surround myself with them, not because I don't love them. Not because I don't love them, but because I don't want that energy around me. I don't want to see that behavior become normalized. So then I think it's okay for me to also do that, right? But you see how... Here, it's literally saying that this only applies to a brother that bears the name of Christ. Because what business do I have judging outsiders? I have no business judging an outsider. God is going to judge outsiders. God is going to judge the world, right? But I can judge those inside the church because those are whom i should judge and okay i want to say one more thing too because i feel like some people are still going to not understand why we should judge other christians and i just it just came to you right now but the reason i must judge other christians is because there are a lot of false teachers in the world today there are a lot of false teachers bearing the name of jesus teaching false doctrines in the name of jesus to deceive me to deceive me out of my salvation, to have me believe false doctrine, right? So as a Christian, I must discern and judge those that claim to be a follower of Christ, especially if they're a pastor or something like that, because it's like, I need to make sure they're following correct doctrine, right? I need to make sure they're actually upholding the word of God, right? And this is describing through their actions, but it's also even through their speech in terms of a pastor, right? Every time a pastor preaches, I'm enjoying the sermon, but I'm also looking at him like this. I'm looking at him like this because it's like, what are you saying, though? Like, is this biblically sound? Are you talking crazy or is it biblically sound? Quote the scripture. Quote the scripture. What are you talking about right now? Because there are a lot of false prophets, especially in the end times. A lot of false prophets. So it's very important to just protect your energy, protect your spirit, and, you know, not allow yourself to be corrupted by a bad company. Another example of a scripture is for it is time for judgment to begin with God's house. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God, right? So I love this verse that judgment begins with us, right? Because God wants a beautiful bride. God wants a pure bride that's ready for him. So it's like, how are we going to ever become that spotless bride of Christ if we never even genuinely strive for holiness, right? That's what God wants from us. That's why he's judging us to correct us and to, you know, prune us and make us that spotless bride of Christ, right? If you read in the book of Revelations, the first three chapters, those are addressed to the church because Jesus wants to talk to us. He has words to us. We need to hold ourselves to high standards so we can build and foster a community devoted to holiness because that is what Jesus expects from his bride. We serve a holy God, so we must be a holy bride that is acceptable and up to his standards, right? You know, Christians should be able to come together in community, but if we are going to be able to do that, we need to be able to handle criticism and correction, right? So many of us are so sensitive that we don't even want to hear correction and we take it as a personal offense or we take it as a personal attack, right? But we need to stop taking things so personal like if someone's correcting you it's like they really want the best for you like they really want to see you up in heaven like they really want you to be doing better they want you to be producing more fruit in your walk right so it's really out of love you need to understand every time a christian comes to correct you you know i'm not saying every single christian that's ever corrected you was doing out of love because definitely some christians i feel do it out of spite people do it in like a hating type of way like for me personally Like even though I'm making this video, I barely correct my fellow Christians because I'm not a hater, first of all. And I don't know, I just feel weird correcting people. And I just don't want to be like telling people what to do and like being on their business. But it's like, I think about it all the time because I'm like, yo, I love these people. as my brother and sister in Christ. And I can see them doing some things that are wrong. So it's like, I want to correct them because I'm like, maybe they don't realize it. Or like, maybe like, this is what they'll need to come correct. Because I remember when I was a Christian, this is like in the beginning, kind of more of my Christian faith journey. Even a few months after I was like saved and I got baptized, I was still smoking weed, right? Because I was smoking weed. I love smoking weed. And then my one friend corrected me and she was like, Tell me, you shouldn't be smoking weed. And you know what? I wasn't offended, but I was defensive, right? I wasn't offended, but I was defensive and I was justifying it and I was rationalizing it. But she was like, no, Miss Girlie, stop smoking weed and you know that planted a seed in my head that maybe i should stop smoking weed she wasn't in my business she didn't like fight me but she just put that in my mind that i should stop smoking weed and a few months later i stopped smoking weed so it really is a good way to help each other like we're supposed to build each other up and help each other run this race right that's the beautiful thing about the christian faith we do not have to do it alone just doesn't want us to be alone he wants us to have good friends that can help us and you know if you're around certain people that are just very lukewarm And let's say you corrected them or you can just tell, like, they're just really not serious about their faith. Honestly, it's important to just not necessarily be their friend anymore because it's so important to be around strong people that are equally yoked with you in your faith. That's something I'm realizing. It says we're supposed to be equally yoked in marriage, but I realize that this applies to all of our relationships, especially friendships, because if you're equally yoked in a friendship, you're both going to be, like, on the same level of, like, challenging each other and building each other up. But if you're, you know, friends with someone that's lukewarm and all the people around you are lukewarm, it's going to normalize lukewarm behavior to you, right? Every Christian you're going to see is lukewarm, so you're going to think this is correct. You're going to think that this is what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, we go to church on Sundays, but I go to the club on Saturdays and we all do all this crazy stuff because that's what Christianity is to you. But that's not the Christianity that we're supposed to be obeying. That's not the correct version of Christianity that is true Christianity, right? I feel like that's probably why a lot of people feel that way, like, or a lot of people are lukewarm. It's because they're friends with a bunch of people that are lukewarm and to them that is Christianity. But that's not what the Bible tells us as Christians we should be like, right? So follow the Bible above all, right? We're supposed to be separate from the world. We're supposed to be holy like God. I think I heard to be holy is to be separate. We're supposed to be different. So if we look like all of our lukewarm friends and even worse of all, if we look like our secular friends, if you and your secular friends do everything together so You walk in and step with them in sin. Like, if you didn't open your mouth to say you're a Christian, she wouldn't even realize you're a Christian because you move like everybody else. Then that's a problem. That's not what Christianity is supposed to be like at all. Like, we're supposed to be separate, right? I don't judge random Christians. But I do judge my friends that are Christian and I do judge people that have influence that are Christian because I feel like my friends are important because I want to have good company. I want to have wise counsel. I want people that are going to sharpen me and are like iron. But then I also judge people that have authority or, you know, influence that are Christians because it's like they're affecting other people's lives as well. They're affecting the body. So I think that matters. And, you know, if you're just like a random Christian that I don't even know, I mean, I can't even begin to judge you. I don't know you, right? But then people also make this argument about Christians, celebrities, and stuff like, you don't even know them. You don't know their heart. You don't actually know them. What if they're the best Christian ever, but you just are judging them? Jesus teaches me how to judge. Jesus says that you will know them by their fruits. So if I see a celebrity Christian and they have stinky fruit everywhere, it's all rotten fruit, every single thing they do, And the thing about the way I judge, I'm not fast. Like, I don't judge immediately. Unless someone says something so heretical. I don't just make an immediate judgment on people. I really kind of take my time and really observe people before I make a conclusion. So it's like, I really peep this person in everything they do is giving lukewarm. Or it's just fishy. Like, it smells stink. It's not good fruit, necessarily, that they're producing. Most Christian celebrities, in my opinion, I don't think are saved. I think they're 100% lukewarm. Or even they might be sent by the enemy, honestly. I don't really know. There are some Christian influencers I do think are serious and are really about Jesus. One of them is Big Nick. I think Big Nick is actually saved. And then the other one is Bunking. I don't know his name anymore. You know the guy that's like, Gang, you know what's going on. He is saved, bro. So it's like, you can tell if somebody is saved. Those are the only two I'm going to mention that are celebrity Christians. There's a bunch of, like, famous TikTokers that I think are probably saved. And then there's some that have millions of followers. And I look at them sideways because I'm just like, it stinks (laughs) in terms of the fruit, right? You know, I don't necessarily say it. I'm not going to make a TikTok about every single person I see and, you know, try to slander them necessarily. I just put that in my own mind to know that I'm not going to take this person seriously. If they say something, I'm not going to take them seriously. I'm not going to take advice from somebody I think is like a false prophet or a false, you know, brother or something like that, right? So it's like, that's another reason too, it's so important to have correct Christians in your life or in your influence because it's like, they can actually give you wise counsel. But if you listen to somebody that's like lukewarm, They can only give you lukewarm counsel and like nothing that's gonna actually genuinely help you right so didn't jesus eat with sinners jesus ate with sinners jesus ate with sinners so you should be friends with sinners too you are so judgmental jesus ate with sinners to preach to them about holiness and repentance not to indulge in sin with them And he ate with sinners like one, two times. They weren't his besties. His besties were the 12 disciples. And the 12 abandoned their old lives to follow Jesus faithfully. Those were the kind of people Jesus was actually friends with because he knew that it's important to have a good, solid group of people around you. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good manners. So we should all judge people that are in our lives and communities to hold each other to a higher standard so our society can become better as we become better people don't stand on the side and think you're better than others because you don't believe in anything but engage in your community to encourage each other in righteousness and holiness so we can call each other out on our sins we may not be aware of a trick to becoming more self-aware is to pay attention to what you judge other people on we usually project our own shortcomings on other people So if you find yourself judging people for something, it's probably something you struggle with. This is actually the famously misquoted principle behind the scripture where Jesus says to not judge. If you read the whole passage, Jesus says it's important to remove your own sin so you can help other people. The man with the log in the eye noticed the other man's eye because he subconsciously knew there was something wrong with his. And he was being hypocritical to call out somebody else's thing because he also embodied this characteristic. The scripture ends with removing your own sin so you can help others. So we should still seek to help other people and overcome their sins by potentially addressing them, but we must first address our own or else that is completely hypocritical. So don't cry or get defensive when people talk to you about your sin. It's not personal and it's not hateful. They're genuinely trying to help you because sin is destructive to yourself and others. Be humble enough to understand that You have sinned, and literally everybody else does too, except for Jesus. We are all imperfect, and we've all fallen short of God's grace. In Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another, and if one of you has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. So bear with those that are still living in sins that you once struggled with, and forgive those that correct you, because it is not a personal attack. And to my fellow content creators and people who are in public spaces, criticism and disagreement are to be expected, even among believers. And if God called you to be on social media, you must quickly develop thick skin and be able to actually humbly receive criticism and to not take it personally. I know the Christian community can be so toxic, but don't fall into the ironic position of condemning people that condemned you. It's hypocritical and it's exactly what Jesus warned us about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's when a Christian TikToker or YouTuber comes online and they're like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe, like, Christians are judging me. Like, how dare they judge me as they judge Christians. It just falls apart. It just falls apart, you know? I feel like I'm guilty of being problematic. You know, I'm just gonna repent. Like, if y'all wanna call me out in the comments, go ahead. But I already know what problems I've been done. Okay. But at the end of the day, we must receive criticism. I feel like so many Christians, honestly, are just like incapable of receiving criticism. If somebody calls you out on something, you just get defensive instead of like, thinking and considering maybe there's truth to this maybe this is a sin or an area in my life i'm just blinded of and i literally cannot perceive my own faults because it's hard to it's really hard to be self-aware so it's like just be humble if someone criticizes you be humble you know there's probably some amount of truth in it there probably is there's definitely some truth in it right and you need to develop thick skin and just not take it personally The last point I want to address is that a lot of people outside the church also consider that the church is hypocritical or that Christians are hypocritical because we're not perfect and that we don't do 100% of the things that we say and don't actually follow their own religion perfectly. And one of the claims I love of Christianity is that we never claim to be perfect. Christianity acknowledges that we are sinners and when we fail, it's to be expected. We only claim that Jesus is perfect and that he is God and his ways are good. And one day, we believe that we'll be made and glorified to be just like him. But right now, we are sinners and we will struggle with sin. I think a lot of people misunderstand what it means to be a Christian when they call us hypocrites because we sin like they do. We should try to avoid, you know, looking hypocritical and try to not fall into sin. That's another thing that motivates me as a Christian to not sin because I don't want other people outside of the church to look at me and think I'm a hypocrite. So that genuinely motivates me to not sin. So it's great. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people just don't understand that as Christians, we still fall into sin. And like, that's kind of expected that we're not perfect because we're still human beings. If you read the book of Revelations, the first three chapters are letters to the churches from Jesus himself. And in these letters, Jesus is literally calling out the sin in his church he's calling out the sexual morality he's calling out the false doctrine he's calling out the greed he's calling it all out because jesus knows that we are not perfect right he's not okay with it he doesn't love it but he knows that we're not perfect and, you know, that's another thing I love about it. It's like, even though these churches are all imperfect, they're still considered the church of God. They're still his bride. And it's like, God still loves us, even though we're imperfect. It's not hypocritical to fall into sin sometimes as a Christian, but you know what is hypocritical? It's to disregard sin. Because when you ignore sin or change or pervert the word of God... It creates confusion and leads people astray, which God will absolutely judge you for. What it means to love Jesus, what it means to be a Christian, is to love his word, to love the Bible, to love his commandments, to love his law, because these are a reflection of who Jesus is. Jesus is the word of God. He is the word of God. So if you love Jesus, you must love his word, right? It is the most contradictory thing to be a Christian. And then to not love his word or to trash his word or to say that his word is wrong. I feel like this is the underlying principle behind progressive Christianity. To claim to love Jesus but to disregard his word. Like it says in Revelations 3.16, God would prefer you're either hot or cold, you know? Either outright reject the Bible and for what it is or accept the Bible in its entirety and don't nitpick it and accept it 100% and believe it is the word of God and it is authoritative or leave the faith, right? That's honestly what I think is better to prevent confusion. And also what Jesus says. He literally says, I wish you were hot or cold and not lukewarm. It is lukewarm to claim to love Jesus and hate his word, to claim to love Jesus, but disobey his commandments. That is lukewarm, right? And by disobey, there's a difference between outright, like just disobeying God and just like, pretending that sin isn't sin, and then to struggle with sin and to sometimes fall into sin because of temptation, because our flesh is weak, right? There's a difference. If you occasionally, once in a while, fall into sin because your flesh is weak, that's different than just actively embracing your sin, right? There's a difference. In case you think that's a contradiction, it's not. Christians aren't perfect, but we're trying to be. That's what makes someone a Christian, that they're trying to be like Jesus, who is perfect, right? It is a bigger offense to be in the middle. Honestly, Jesus said he will spit out the lukewarm because they disgust him. They know his word and they choose to pervert it. That's not okay to Jesus, right? Don't teach evil in the name of God because I think there's much greater punishment and wrath for that. You know, if you do not like the claims of Christianity, if you do not like God's law... I think you should just follow another worldview because you don't, like, have to be a Christian. You know what I mean? Like, I want you everyone to be a Christian. Like, I hope everyone watching this video walks away and wants to be best friends with Jesus, you know? But it's like, if you don't like the Word of God, you refuse to submit to it, like, don't claim to be a Christian, right? Because you're just spreading, you know, ignorance and you're just offending God, honestly. And, like, don't attach your perversion to the name of Jesus. That's all I'm really trying to say. So if you do not want to follow a Christian ethic... I'm going to give you guys some ideas on other worldviews to subscribe to because there's no such thing as not having a worldview. You must have a worldview. Not having a worldview is a worldview. So let me give you some worldviews, ideas. You don't have to follow anything I'm saying really, but these are just some ideas, you know, so Hinduism is a good idea. Actually, it's a bad idea. Like I think these are all terrible ideologies, but like they're alternatives to Christianity if you don't want to subscribe to a Christian ethic. So Hinduism, if you believe in pleasure and happiness and just want to completely just ignore the idea of consequence and that consequences can outweigh the potential pleasure, but anyways, or, you know, even selfism, if you think you are more important than the eternal word of God, if you think your personal opinion or feelings are more important than the eternal word of God that's been relevant for thousands of years and will be relevant forever, if you think your opinion, one of seven billion of thousands of years if you think you're better and more important than the word of god selfism is a good one for you maybe even satanism satanism is do as thou will so if you don't want to have principles to guide you in life or you know subjective reality or anything like that and just want to do literally whatever whim or feeling comes into your mind which is not Completely independent because everyone is influenced by something So if you want to just be influenced by by probably the government more likely just do as thou will and do whatever you feel like is correct because you Know better, I guess so yeah, if you don't want to follow Christianity, like it's really not a force. You don't have to attach your name to Jesus. It's a choice You'll be free, if you don't want to live the Christian lifestyle, I recommend leaving it because then you'll be free from judgment from Christians because then we cannot hold you to a Christian standard anymore. But you will be subject to the wrath and judgment of God. And he's the scary, scary judge. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, I have this whole concept. It's like, people really hate the idea of being judged. And I feel like that is evidence of the transcendence eternal reality of Judgment Day, God has given us the knowledge that there is a final judgment coming. And the judgments we experience here on Earth are like a crumbs compared to that. And you know, that judgment is terrifying. Like, Judgment Day is scary. Like, you should be scared of Judgment Day. But getting judged by humans... Is like a pinch compared to the stab of judgment day so it's like no judgment I'm gonna close my eyes and put my head to the sand of that reality that is impending final judgments that can either lead to eternal damnation or grace if you receive if you accept Jesus it's like we all look here aware of that so I feel like that's a big reason why people hate judgment because of that subconscious understanding <laughs> But if you want to be a true Christian and, you know, subscribe to the beliefs of Jesus and receive the free grace of Jesus and have that spiritual understanding and wisdom to properly navigate life, you need to first of all repent and humble yourself before God and his word and seek truth above all, right? To accept Jesus is a humble act. To accept that you need guidance and you need you know, wisdom, you need somebody to follow because this world is so confusing and chaotic. And it's just like, what's the correct thing to do? My last video is about anxiety and the fact that we get anxiety because we don't actually know what to do when our body is letting us know that we don't know what to do, which is why we get anxious about things. But I was explaining that the cure to anxiety is trusting in Jesus and trusting that God's ways are better than my ways. Trusting that if God says that this is right, it's right. And I don't have to be anxious about it because God is truth. God is good. So it's like, Once I understand these qualities of this good, good, good God, I can just do whatever he tells me to do. And I don't have to put that stress on myself because he's going towards eternal life. I want to go there, right? Be humble before God and believe the words of the Bible are true and they are serious and genuinely strive to be holy and strive to be like Jesus. You know, don't just, you know, put on the title of Jesus and not live the life of Jesus and not carry the cross that Jesus carried and not... You know be holy like he is holy right and pray to god to help you to do this because none of this is possible without god you cannot take christianity and then take god out of it right because then that's just pure religion Right? That's just a superficial display of, you know, piety. But to really live that Christian lifestyle, to live a Holy Spirit-filled life, to live as a true Christian, you need God's help. So pray and ask him to help you and he will help you. Because when we are weak, he is strong. He loves our weaknesses, to be honest, because they're just like, he's like, hey, I can help you out. <laughs> but yeah, we often fall because of our pride. And we think we can do it by ourselves instead of relying on God for help. And the truth is we cannot do it by ourselves and that is the point. (laughs) We don't know what we're doing and, you know, we try to take social cues from each other and then judge each other to make ourselves feel better because we know we don't know what we're doing. But that's not the correct way to live life. Jesus is the correct way to live life. He is the way. To believe in God is not holier than thou, like some people will accuse you of. It is holy because of Jesus. So when I say be holy, be holy, be holy, I'm not saying become holier than thou or that I'm holier than thou. I'm really, really not. I'm just saying that because Jesus is holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, and he died so I can have his imputed righteousness, I am holy because Jesus was holy and he transformed me and he's building me and sanctifying me to be like him, right? Understand that you are the righteousness in Christ Jesus and that God sees you as perfect and spotless And live in a reality where you actively strive for holiness and flee from sin. Because that is the life of a true Christian. And anything else is a paradoxical hypocrisy and a lie. So thank you guys so much for watching this video. This was fun. My voice is kind of hurting. I had to do this one. Oh my goodness. I really hope I can be more consistent again or soon. Was I ever consistent? But I really hope to be more consistent on here and have guests soon. Thank you guys for joining me today. And have an amazing day. God bless you.